Welcome to the Gamers Pub. Pull up a seat and join us because we are two do two buds with a new side every week, bringing you the gaming news that you need to know. I guess in that regard, you uh, noticed a name change on the good old podcast there. Yes, we have changed the name. Gone are the days of beer and bits and hello, Gamers Pub. Colt, why did we change the name? You know, with the way we haven't been super consistent with our episodes, and also the fact that we weren't just having beer, we were having fine beverage Fridays and whiskey Whis- Wednesdays and tequila Tuesdays. You know, we, we might as well just expand it to everything and open up the doors to not only alcoholic beverages, but also non-alcoholic beverages. Who knows, next week we could have root beer. I mean, you never know. Or maybe yeah. it's just a water Wednesday. Got uh, to hydrate or, or dihydrate, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> so first things off for this week... We have our first look reviews, and I say first look because these are games that we haven't finished yet, but we are playing. Indeed, there is quite the quite the selection we got this week. Uh, remember, we are just two buzz with, with a side, so there's a limited amount of time, a limited amount of games. Cole, what have you been playing? Right now, I've I've kind of been changing a lot of things up. I still am occasionally dabbling in. The uh, old Treyarch zombies on Call of Duty. Not just Black Ops 4, but bouncing all over the games recently just because I really enjoy playing that mode. But I've, I've already put so much time into the old games that I can only go back and do so much. And the new game, Black Ops 4, is so bad I can only play it for so long. <laughs> but, uh. Understood. <laughs> I've also. I remember saying last week that I had just bought Ori in the Blind Forest on Switch. Put in a decent amount of time to that, and it's about what I expected, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the game so far. It's a pretty intuitive platformer with like a very chill vibe and almost a... Uh, not like it's too hard, but there's definitely a challenge if you want there to be. Also still dabbling in Octopath Traveler. I can never get enough of that game. Have you put like over 100 hours in that game? Uh, let me check my Switch real quick and see how many hours it says I've put in this game. I think the last time I checked it was like almost at 200. Oh, goodness. Well, while you've been playing Ori in the Blind Forest, I picked up Witcher 3 a couple weeks ago now, and I know I talked about it last week a little bit, um, but I put in several more hours since then. Uh, I've definitely made it past the first part. I'm in a, I'm headed to my third kingdom now. So I don't know like, how far that, that is necessary in the game, but... Um, I don't either, but that sounds pretty wild. I feel like I'm 15 to 20 hours in at this point. I remember you saying before we started recording, you say you feel like you haven't even scratched the surface of that game. No, I, I still don't. I'm only like level 9. And you've already put like 15 to 20 hours into the game. Yeah. That's the show of a good game right there. Um, and it, it, it is, and it's brought to us by CD Projekt Red, which we're going to talk about later and then the podcast uh but it really is good like i like story-based rpgs uh open world like i i, I love this style of, of genre didn't think i was going to when i started getting into it uh skyrim was my first time jumping in and i absolutely love it and witcher 3 does not disappoint i'm playing on i'll call it normal because i think there's like four playing modes First one is uh, story-based, so it's really meant to enjoy just the storyline. And I'm on normal, and it's presenting me with some of a challenge uh, at times. And I think the other night I was up till 2 a.m. because uh, I kept dying. 
uh, and just trying to like, because you have all these beasts and there's like so many like small nuances with the game and uh, like if you really want a game to sink your teeth in, uh, Witcher Three, you know, granted it came out in 2017 on Xbox One and P- uh, PlayStation Four. No, was it originally on the? It was 360. If it was 2014, then it was Xbox One and PS4. This Xbox One and P- uh, PS4 then. Yeah, because the this current generation is, I guess it's what we call it now. That came out at the end of 2013. Okay, so it like beginning of Xbox One, like the beginning it's of an the old game. Yeah. Like, at, 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 at this point, is considered a pretty aged game to come back out, uh, and we've seen all these like re releases on Switch. But Witcher Three is one that I'm finding love for, uh, and it's great. The other game is I picked up Ring Fit Adventure on the Switch this last week. And that is Nintendo's new fitness-based game for the Switch. It is an RPG. Like It has the full mechanics of an RPG game. You level up. You have different... like It's turn-based attack system. Um, but your attacks are exercise moves. So, I think in one battle, I did uh, 60 squats uh, and 20 like crunches. That sounds a lot more intense than I expected the game to be. Yeah, uh, starting off, your level's low, and so your attacks don't really have a lot of power. And the better, like the more intense, like or the the deeper you go into a move, the higher the power gets for that attack. Um, it's really good. It the other day I played the first three worlds just back to back to back, and the third one was, uh, you know, the first boss fight. And that one, I think, took like 10 minutes alone, and it only times you for the amount of time you're actually doing like physical activity. So that's 10 minutes just physical activity, not counting like the choosing the moves. So like probably about like 17 minutes for the boss battle total, uh, which is insane. But like, I like I heard the next day. I literally was like hurting the next day. Like, all right, I work muscles I have not. Like, I, I don't hit when I normally go to the gym. Fair enough. So, I I think it really is good. Uh, if you're looking for a fitness based RPG, the Ring Fit Adventure hits that point. I think if you're a gamer and you just want a different, like more movement in your your gaming, Ring Fit Adventure is another great choice. You know, those are two genres you never thought you'd see together, like adventure RPG and fitness. fitness. Right. Because, I mean, like, Wii Fit was nothing like that. Like, Wii Fit was straight up just, phys- like, fitness. Yeah. Like, you ran, you did yoga, you like, hit different movements, but it was all based around a workout, not an RPG. Yeah, like, you weren't progressing through worlds or fighting bosses. Like, you were just working out. Right. I mean, like, a couple couple weeks ago when you and I went to a local uh, VR place, uh, sh- shout out to Ionic VR. Uh, like I was playing super hot for like 30 minutes and I came away. Yeah, I came back sweat. just looking at you like your entire shirt was soaked <laughs> in sweat. I'm like, dang, man. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, VR is a workout, too. Well, we but spent like, what, almost a little over an hour and a half in a VR escape room. We we got in the negative minutes for sure. Like negative that. 20 minutes. It was like 98 minutes to get out of that escape so room. Be in negative 38 minutes. <laughs> okay, well. Nah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Gamers Pub. <laughs> Math doesn't count. Uh, we play games, we're not mathematicians. 
So that's some of the first look reviews. I think next week, um, I know next week I've got a couple of games I'm picking up. I'll be picking up Super Monkey Ball Blitz for Caitlin. Did I'm gonna pretend I've heard of that. Super Monkey Ball. Sure. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, we're gonna play it next week then, because we got this new setup at my house, uh, and we're gonna legitimately play some games down here. Okay. So the, the Gamers Pub is not only the first name change, but our location for recording has also changed, which fits more of a Gamers Pub Indeed. title. More, more not... of the, the pub atmosphere, I would say, compared to just a beer and bits little offshoot, you know? Yes. Next thing we'll know, we'll have a mini fridge and a microwave, and we'll never leave the basement. Never. Welcome to the basement. <laughs> um, I mean pub. Yes, yes. Pub. pub. Oh, a pub. Uh <laughs> Just don't need a liquor license because we're not selling anything. Uh, anyway, family-friendly podcast. Uh, and then we also have, I guess we usually do this at the end of the show, but uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 comes out On next, Halloween, doesn't it? Yeah, which is next Thursday. Yeah, so a week from today. So Wednesday I'll get Super Monkey Ball, and Thursday I'll get Luigi's Mansion 3. And so I'll be able to give a little bit of a small re- review, I think, by next by the time we record next week. All right. Sweet. Should be interesting. All right, so we are on to the gaming news that you need to know. First off, we have an article from gamesindustry.biz by James Bachelor. Hope he's not single. Uh, uh and this is about the Children's Commission recalls for ban on all non-cosmetic in-game purchases. So a report just came out this week from the UK Children's Commissioner. And basically they're like, hey, you need to get rid of all loot boxes or paid mechanics in-game that are not just cosmetic because that's wrong. Cool. How many times have we talked about this? <laughs> Uh, easily since day one of this podcast, and we've been talking about it ourselves long before then. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is not something new, but it's so, it makes me happy to see that, like, legitimate figures in government and high authority positions are looking at this, taking this seriously, and starting to hold these companies accountable. So, the... Body argues that current definition where gambling is limited to games of chance for money or money's worth ignores the fact that some items won through loot boxes can be cashed out on illegal third-party marketplaces. Furthermore, the argument fails to recognize the value placed by children on winning certain items. Even those items cannot be cashed out for money. Simply winning the game is enough to persuade some children to spend enormous sums. So even though there's no like cash value prize, like it, it, there's enough there that is pursuing children to say, hey, like they're buying this stuff to win, like to play it, like to win the game. Like it's pay to win. You're literally buying bragging rights, essentially. Right. Even even if they're just cosmetic only, still though, like when it comes to kids, like there's a lot more social pressure in that aspect. Like say all your friends got this skin and you didn't get it because you didn't buy it. Well, you're not as cool as them or like showing some random person online that you paid for this certain thing over them and you end up winning. 
it's almost like just showing off and rubbing in their face. You know, there's not good sportsmanship in this practice. Which is exactly what they um, reference in the article. And they talked about like how they spoke to children aged 10 to 16. And like this is the in- incentive to buy new players in FIFA Ultimate Team. It's just dirty because you know these companies were thinking of that in the first place when they implemented this. They knew these kind of things would happen and it would just drive more money into their pockets. Right. I mean, let's look at NBA 2K20. Do we have to go back to that? I I mean, I mean but like <laughs> that that is part of the uh, the conversation like look like you don't need to you know spend in-game currency like to purchase in-game currency to spin the wheel or pull the lever or whatever in these gambling mechanics, literal slot machines and roulette wheels. Like but you do it in order to get a better character, to unlock a better character, or to have bragging rights that you have this or this unit, like... For a year until it gets reset with a new entry. Right. So, you know, the conversation has not stopped, though. Like, since, since we've started doing this, the conversation in government and local powers has continued. And, like, the consumers are fed up, and now government is getting fed up. It really seems like everything is ramping up on both sides. Like, the companies are doubling down with a lot of these monetization schemes. And also, like, governments are finally catching on and consumers are louder than ever and banding together more. Like, it's it seems like this is escalating a lot more than it's dissolving. But I feel like it, it it's almost inevitable that it's going to get to a certain point to where government f- puts their foot down. It's it's only a matter of time. It's getting bad. So I mean, so there is light at the end of the tunnel, though. There is light at the end of the tunnel. If the government is able to step in and actually regulate these companies, even though it's not what we ultimately want, it's for the best at this point, and we can finally we can hopefully see some really good games come after that. That's true, and we're gonna talk about that in a bit about a publisher and developer. That has that that mindset. Ooh, I I am excited for this. Uh, thanks to a, a community question. Oh yeah, I think we should call that segment like "Ask the Bartender." It's plural. Bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, two. Of, there's two of us. But like, so like, it it's gotten so bad um, that U.S. senators or representatives, plural no, senators. And members of Congress have signed a document, so a bipartisan document sent to Activision Blizzard to talk about specifically their CEO Bobby Kotick. Like it is addressed to him. Uh, it, and and this goes back to the Activision Blizzard and Hong Kong and everything that's gone on. Uh, and if you want to know more, go back to episode last week. <laughs> yes, I think it was eight. Um, go back to episode eight. It's there. Um, go there. Uh, spiraling. Anyway, so it's it's gotten so bad that you know there's talks about boycotting. Uh, BlizzCon is coming up. I feel like that's going to be an absolute nightmare of an event. I'm excited uh, for it just for the memes. There's not going to lie. Rules about no posters, no like T-shirts, like boycotting Blizzard. Like, none of that's allowed in. But also, do you know how many people, regardless, are going to show up in Winnie the Pooh costumes and May costumes? Right. 
Correction, it was episode seven last week. Oh, so this is episode eight. This is episode eight. Uh, so like just, things have, still call them episodes. Yes. So like things have just gotten so bad that you know government officials from both the far left and far right side have signed a document together saying, Activision Blizzard, you need to get your junk together because what you're doing is continuing this, like, bowing down to China, essentially. And that even people in your own company do not agree with your statements and what your decisions. Like, you know you're doing something pretty redonkulous if you have both the far left and the far right in 100% agreement with each other. Like, when do you ever see that in anything? Right, the uh, In the last paragraph it states as china amplifies its campaign of in- intimidation you and your company must decide whether to look beyond the bottom line and promise american values like freedom of speech and thought or to give in to beijing's demand in order to preserve market access it's literally just choosing dollars over morals right and as an american company they have certain morals that they should really uphold if they consider themselves american companies right Granted, I understand you're making a profit, but you're also like you shouldn't be bowing down when you hold to that Americans like that values like uh, the and it states that your your company claims to stand by quote one's right to express individual thoughts and opinions end quote yet many of your own employees believe that Activision Blizzard's decision to punish Mr. Chung runs counter to those values. It's like so you're not even like, like you you aren't keeping to what you even say you believe in. Like you make it very difficult, if not downright impossible, for people to believe what anything comes out of your mouth after this. Like when you make promises on games, or specifically how Modern Warfare right now under Activision are claiming no loot boxes at launch when there's already signs in the beta that supply drops were leaked and they're in the game and. They're just out right now for the sense of backlash. But who's to say they're not going to do exactly what they did with Black Ops 4 and implement these super aggressive, greedy monetization schemes and loot boxes after reviews have come out, after they've sold all the game copies? Like, how can we trust you when you're doing the exact same thing over and over again and you're just lying to our faces? This could be the same thing for these serious accusations going towards, like, the freedom of speech and... Just protecting dollar interest rather than holding up human rights. Right. So, you know things have gotten bad when the government officials are speaking out and talking about things. U.S. Uh, government, no less. So, Activision, get your junk together. Blizzard, get your junk together. I would like to buy your games, but gosh darn, don't make it so hard for me right now. Uh, looking at you, Diablo 4 announcement is coming. That's one of the only quote-unquote saving factors of BlizzCon that's not just protest highlights. Is the highly reputable rumor of Diablo 4. And also the supposed Overwatch 2. Ooh. I have heard about that. Uh, Alright, so moving on to our next news bit. Uh, and another article by GamesEntry.biz. Uh, which is a great website to go look for gaming information. Or else you can you know come drop by the pub. And you get it here. Pub's got all the scoops. Pub. Um, academic research finds no evidence of gaming as a clinical disorder. So earlier this year, or was it last year? 
Uh, no, it, it, no, was, it was this year. year. Uh, the World Health Organization uh, came to the decision to, cl- to classify gaming disorder as a disease. Um, which is like, oh man, that's a really big deal. Like video games, right, there is a vi- uh, video game addiction. So what happened uh, is that da, da, a recent study from the Oxford Internet Institute that disagrees and says, hey, there's not enough uh, evidence to really prove that there is a video game addiction, but there's other underlying factors that probably are more the problem than, than the, the video, video games game itself. itself. Right. But, I mean, eh, it's kind of hard. So, okay. So, listen to this. This is a uh, quote. This is something we seek to address with our new study. He said, for the first time, we apply motivational theory and open science pr- principles to investigate if psychological needs, satisfactions, and frustrations in adolescent da- daily lives are linked to dysregulated or obsessive gaming engagement, end quote. Basically, hey, is there more going on with life that's leading to obsessive amount of gaming uh, in kids than other kids? Cole, what do you yeah. think? I, I agree with that. I also think, too the certain elements in these specific games that these kids are playing that they may get addicted to, it's not gaming in general as a fault. It's those specific games behind those specific developers and publishers that have their own intentions of trying to milk your money or certain themes that they're trying to portray or what have you, that it's it's not something as easy as a blanket statement saying, oh, gaming's a disorder. You gotta look at individual games and individual situations it's that's too broad of a blanket you know what i'm saying it is i like what they um we urge healthcare professionals to look more closely at the underlying factors such as psychological satisfactions and everyday frustrations to understand why a minority of players feel like they must engage in gaming in an an obsessive way so just from there's like what they found and just like very few people are actually uh even those coming from like a negative uh, in environment, uh, they're not even obsessive. So there's something else going on creating this obsessive desire to play video games, but more so online video games. I mean, truthfully, anything could be addictive or be considered this kind of disease, but very few things will get the attention like this. Right. But, like, I don't know, like, I think of, like, the, the Fortnite craze. Because, uh, like, you know, in my, my previous job, I was doing, like, just research on uh, teenagers and, and youth and Gen Z. And, like, online is considered, like, their playground, like, their physical playground. Like, you probably, I mean, you're a couple of years younger than I, but we used to play on, on, a, on a playground, Cole. Oh, I'm, I'm very familiar <laughs> with this, though. I'm not that uh, much younger. After school, you'd go down to the playground and hang out with your, your buddies around the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh that's just what you did online is where the playground is at so if you want to meet up with your friends you no longer have to you know wait for mom and dad to give you a ride or uh jump on the bus with your your buddy on the way home but you can hang out with them from the comfort of your own couch with your friends with a substantial fee and growing fees in today's gaming world but i mean like look at fortnite like fortnite is still free free to to play in every sense like fortnite is still free to, to play true um, like Fortnite's one of the games I think that's doing it right. They've Warframe actually, they've actually stuck game. to cosmetics only this entire time. They have. 
Um, and Warframe ha- has two. I never, I never got two into Warframe, but yeah, I never heard anything bad about it. I've only heard good. I even remember hearing a story of once upon a time about how they noticed a whale in their system who was spending a ton on microtransactions, and they shut it down for a while until they could figure out some kind of way to stop that from happening again. Right. Like that. That's the kind of good free-to-play microtransaction morals that I can get behind. Right. Like knowing that you're giving your money to good people. Or, like, to someone who cares about your experience, not someone who's just trying to take your money. I agree. So, <coughs> video games being online, like, that's your place to go hang out with friends. So, I do wonder, though, if, like, sometimes, like, parents, like, miss, uh, miss, un- understand their kids playing video games for several hours online compared to hanging out with friends in person. Uh, like, they misunderstand, like, this is them hanging out in person. Yeah, it's just the new generation. Right. I mean, I've. I mean, this is what we did my junior senior year of high school. We always would jump on and play like zombies or COD, and kids are still doing that. Yeah, just, it's just different games now and more costly. Uh, yeah. So, people, if you're listening for the first time and you're wondering, man, these guys really hate loot boxes. We really hate loot boxes because <laughs> I don't. Think, I don't think we made that clear enough. <laughs> no, apparently not. Uh, we don't approve of this, and we we don't think it's right. Personally, my thing is from a financial place. If I pay sixty dollars for a game, uh, it should have everything I need to to win. Yeah, like you should be on the same playing field as everybody else who spent sixty dollars on a game. I shouldn't have to pay to unlock stuff. I shouldn't have pay to pay for the chance to unlock stuff. Agreed. Uh, we we don't do loot boxes. We don't like loot boxes. Loot boxes are silly. They're stupid. And I think companies that stay away from things outside of cosmetics i think they end up making more money because players are, are satisfied with the game yeah it's a lot it's a lot better long term to leave them out and have everything earned because people will talk so fondly of your game and when we look back on games from the past when they didn't have these things we see those games a lot happier compared to now where it's just insufferable almost from one game to the next and it's like i need a new game like within a week because i'm already tired and hate this game like we used to have games for years back then and still just play them and not get tired of them because they were just amazing experiences. Not just cash grabs that cycled out every year. Right. Which, you know, shameless Nintendo plug, but like, that's why I like Nintendo games because like, I, I, I can trust that their, their games are, are complete. No, oh, I, I completely agree. Like, I'm so happy when I finally got my Switch. What was it like? Last Christmas? Christmas? Yeah. yeah, like this past Christmas. I've I've gotten a lot more into other games as opposed to just wallowing in the multiplayer vast whatever like playing good single player games that were made like you can tell the difference in quality mm-hmm. in the games and it's it's just revigorated a passion for me honestly so we don't like loot boxes uh back to the topic about we go on tangents a lot disorder. in this pub uh, hey, you know, it is worth more research. It, it is something to consider. Like, what are the underlying uh, factors for obsessive gaming? What makes people feel like they need to uh, play obsessively? Um, I think those are things that definitely need to be looked into and done because when consumers become more aware or like people become more self-aware of their, their tendencies, like it'll create a, like a healthier lifestyle for them. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, like I know that I have a slightly addictive personality, and you know Caitlin's learned that about me, 
I've learned that's something that's kind of like ran, run in my family with the men. Um, but also, I feel like it's just men and their hobbies. I mean, we, men and hobbies, and they spend money in their hobbies. I mean, look at your dad and hunting. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Uh, you could say the same with me and concerts and music festivals. There you go. So, I mean, th- th- there's definitely something there, um, but there's something else going on behind it, um, which I think makes it better for gamers, quite honestly. And I think it makes it easier to have a conversation saying, oh my gosh, this is a dating per- person that get this out of the house. Um, you know what's one thing that, even when loot boxes first were a thing, I had always thought, if they weren't monetized, like mm-hmm. if it was just completely free, and you'd eventually get everything in the game, but like you never had to pay for loot boxes, they were always just free, and you earned them throughout your progression, right? Then they'd be then it'd be fine, because you wouldn't be investing more money. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was, the system alone is not terrible, but the way they go about monetizing it and paywalling it, and giving it that just like just that dirty taste in your mouth when you throw money into it you know like imagine we'll say overwatch for example on their loot boxes they are just cosmetic like they don't have any gameplay effects to it but like say regardless of what you paid instead of just the one level after you would get like multiple loot boxes not just one or like say you win a game you get a box you win a game you get a box like and you just progressively unlocked everything without spending any money. You know, do you get what I'm saying or am, or am I doing crazy talk? I like that, but I think that's no longer called loot boxes. You're just unlocking content like a normal game unlocks content for you. Well, true, but as with still keeping that random element to it, like not necessarily you're leveling up to get this certain thing, but you're still rolling and seeing what you get, but you're not paying extra for it. Like say I could unlock something before you and vice versa and you could have something that I may not get towards until I get to the end of the progression or vice versa am, am I making any sense by the end of the game do we unlock all the same stuff though yes but okay. it's just the the order in which we unlock it would be different I don't know I think that could be tricky I think it might be frustrating it depends like if it's a, an online based game like an online multiplayer based game uh, that could be kind of frustrating if you don't unlock something a little bit better than what I've unlocked. Well, that's also just subjective taste when it comes to cosmetics, though. Oh, so it's just cosmetics? Yeah. Okay. No, so not actual weapons. gameplay affecting. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I, I'd, I'd be fine with that. That's why I was using Overwatch as the example. Like, it was cosmetic only. Oh, I'd, I'd be fine with that then. As long as it doesn't affect the game. Uh, speaking of spending money, uh, I haven't spent any. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. But if you have shelled out the $130 for the Founders Edition for Google Stadia, which is coming out on November 19th, uh, which is, I think, is when there's... So, okay. We bring up Google Stadia because it's coming out. We've talked about this streaming service. Uh, the next-gen consoles, like, that could... You know, okay, so side topic here. Stepping away. Again. Uh, <laughs> another sidestep. Uh, streaming is the future of gaming. Inevitably. It's, Unfortunately, but inevitably. I'm not sure that's... Whew, pardon me. Uh, I'm not sure that, like, that's a terrible thing. Uh, I think it's something to look forward to. Uh, it's going to be different. It's just that not everyone is I up like to physical. par with internet connection. 
I mean, take it from me, someone who still lives on DSL internet, like, I cannot stream gaming. Like, there's a lot of rural America, just rural parts of the world that can't keep up with that. And right now, I could stream Google Stadia, according to their their stats, at 4K, 60 frames per second with my internet, versus you. Where I couldn't probably even load up the starting menu. No. But, I mean... We, uh, there's been talk about uh, PlayStation's uh, streaming service. I mean, they've played around with it with, was it PS Now? Mm-hmm. Where you can play mobily with, from a game that's already on your console. Uh, yeah, that's, is that through your phone? I thought so. I was think it so, the, yeah. Like, like Vita. Well, they, they the did Vita, do something with the Vita. The Vita, for sure, yeah. That's been there since like the PS4 launched. Where you could like have the remote play, and it wasn't just like it was another controller. It was literally like taking that game that was like you linked it to your PS4 and you walked around the house with it or whatever. Right. Uh, Xbox has xCloud coming out, plus Game Pass is something else. Like they're working on streaming. Xbox Game Pass is an amazing service. Like, I almost wanted Xbox just to have Xbox Game Pass. That would be nice. The Outer Worlds comes out on the Xbox Game Pass tomorrow. It does. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Outer Worlds. Uh, so anyway, hey, back to streaming. Streaming is like, you know, I f- believe it's the future. But anyway, uh, Google has come out saying that, hey, uh, November 19th, you may not be able to play even if you've purchased it. And it, it all depends on when you purchased it. So they're shipping out what they ha- have when it's available based upon when you pre-ordered. So not as in... Like, say, if I pre-ordered a month before you, I'd be able to play it before you, even right. though it's supposed to come out for both of us on the same day. Right. I mean, that that's bad, but it's almost to be expected with the level of technology that's being used here. Like, this is very new and very unprecedented levels of game streaming and this this type of thing. You know, it's it's uncharted waters and... I still think it's a bit early for something like this. Not that it's an ultimately bad service, but that technology is not quite there for it to be the quality of par that they want. Right. Um, one thing I was just thinking about this, like one of the, the good, po- like the positives of like not everyone getting the same thing on day one is that like their servers are not going to be completely full on day one. That is a positive. Uh, so like they're gonna have kind of like slowly people like opening and testing things out, over like they're like they say like it should like everyone should should have their stuff like in the first two weeks of launch. Um, so we're gonna get get them first, and we're gonna get them you know later, but they'll be in the first two weeks or so after launch. Um, so they'll be able to like kind of like keep up like they have a chance to keep up with the service. Mm-hmm. Like that's. It's not just an instant overload that they have to try to scramble and fix. It's kind of, we can slowly let this build up and we can work with it as it builds up. Not just grand opening, rush, and then sizzle out. Right. Um, so that I, that's kind of like a positive of it happening. You know, you and I both have our pixels. Indeed. We, we love our Google. Uh, one thing we need is a controller. and I think we can play. And we also have to, you know, get the subscription, like, get the app. I really have no idea how it's going to work on our, our pixels yet. I don't either, especially if, 
considering how we've talked about multiple times on here that you the amount of data that it takes on your Wi-Fi network just to stream these things, you'll run through a terabyte of data in like three days. But would it be less on our phones than like if it were I, Chromecast Ultra? I mean, maybe, but not by much. Because our phones aren't 4K. No, but it's still like those huge games that are coming straight from a streaming service. Like, it'd probably run through slower because it is a smaller screen, but that's probably the only thing to it. I might have to like get a cheap Bluetooth controller for my Pixel. And I would think some of the new games or newer games on there that, like, say, if I tried to run Assassin's Creed Odyssey on there, uh-huh. yeah, I just got a new Pixel 3, but I feel like that thing would fry trying to run a game of that quality. Like, that was not a game meant for mobile. <laughs> I don't think any games are really meant for mobile, but... Except well, for mobile games. That's true. Um, I do expect Stadia to be broken. At launch? Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, like, the free version of Stadia won't be until next year, and that's probably for the best. But people have spent $130 for something that they know is going to be broken on day one. They're They're just trying to put in the investment. But Google really hasn't said anything, like... Hey, by the way, it's going to be broken on day one. Like, please be patient with us. Like, no, they're like, Stadia, 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 it's coming, coming, coming. Like, I feel like they haven't been very like honest with themselves. And I feel like this is the first step in that direction. Publicist. Like this, this article and this thing where they're saying that you might not get it on day one. Like it's, it's they're kind of starting to give a little bit of the warnings. Like, hold on, like we we got to say something. All right, so today is coming out November 19th. Uh, Cole and I did not have the money to purchase it. Because uh, we don't have sponsors yet. <laughs> don't have sponsors, but hey, if you like what you hear and would like to be part of the pub and be one of the regulars like on the show Cheers. I've, I've, I've been binge-watching Cheers in my downtime. It's mm-hmm. a funny show. It's a classic. Uh, you know, sponsor us. Because uh, <laughs> we, we have some things we'd like to... <laughs> to do but it all depends on you our listeners our family our community our pub uh hey cole what's coming out tomorrow tomorrow that would be the outer worlds if i do believe you've been talking about that a a lot modern warfare comes out tomorrow as well oh well let's focus on outer worlds that's the game that we're actually excited for no one wants modern warfare all right there's a lot of people that actually want modern (laughs) warfare i take that statement completely back they want the Modern Warfare campaign, and they want to play with their friends. They don't want all the services that Activision's putting in there. Right. Anyways, Outer Worlds. That, that's Outer what we Worlds. were talking about. Outer Worlds. That was our point. Outer Worlds. Uh, it's coming out tomorrow. Tell me about it, Cole. It truly seems like the spiritual successor to the Fallout series, because we, we've all seen what's happened with Fallout 76 in the past year, and yikes. That's uh, it's about the only word fitting for that. But uh, Obsidian... The developers behind Fallout New Vegas, which is regarded as one of the best Fallout games ever made alongside Fallout 3, and I guess some of the more OGs, but they have spun off to make their own game under new uh, publishers and development, and it is a kind of a, basically a space Fallout, like it's kind of the same game mechanics and structures of what you do and quests and loot systems. But it's in a completely different universe and setting, and uh, a lot of the early reviews that have been coming out within the past day or so have been almost nothing but positive. So, compared to how 
the Fallout series is gone, it is a nice breath of fresh air to see some experienced developers in this genre make a brand new experience. Are you going to pick it up? I am absolutely going to pick this up. I wanted to wait to pick it up on Switch so I wouldn't have to buy two copies, essentially. <laughs> but as, as good a press as this is getting, and to also show my support for single-player games with no microtransactions, that is a highlight, I, I want to pick this up. Have you heard that like Outer Worlds has like been compared to like Bethesda of old and Bioware RPGs of old? Yes. Of old, like when the days when these companies were revered and respected, not yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna wait for it to come out on Switch. If we had more of a definitive date, I would make that decision, but right now, isn't it still a to-be-announced for Switch? It is. I mean, I, I think it'll be an early spring release at this point. That... Uh, I don't think it's going to be too far behind. I mean, that's also right around the same time as Cyberpunk 2077, and when that game comes out, that is going to be, like, time dedication for me. Yeah. It, not you, I assumed? Not really. It's not coming to Switch. True, but still, it like, since I still have PS4, it's where I would pick that up. And that's coming right at the f- pinnacle of the spring 2020 season. I just... I don't have time to sit down and play on a console. Fair enough. And the Switch, like... Last weekend, went up to the in-laws, got to see them. Um, like, Thanksgiving is going to be a time, like, Christmas is going to be a time to play. And just, like, I don't have time to sit on a console. Because, yeah, I can't take it with me as well. Like, I remember, like, during college, like, packing my Xbox for th- for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for college, for summer. And it would always, like, follow me. And just, like, I'm so thankful I finally have something, like, so small I can travel with. Yeah, I do remember when I was still in college that I would come home almost every other weekend just for the sake of it was free food and free laundry. That I would still bring my PS4 with me back and forth from college. And it was it was its whole thing of me, like, taking almost an entire suitcase worth of gaming equipment back and forth every week. And the Switch has made things nice when I've gone on more road trips or when I don't have time to sit down in front of a console that I can just take it with me or even not just be stationary at one big TV like I could just kind of walk around the house with it like it's I I enjoy playing all my single player games on the Switch like if I can get it anywhere I want it there but the PS4 and the other consoles they're still great experiences they just take more of a concentrated approach which is is great I don't have a lot of people I, I play online with anymore uh like during college it just got hard i think to find time like there's some guys from high school i still love to play with and i miss playing with them and uh i, I miss playing with, with them every day uh and i wish uh, i could play with them more uh, I, st- we I still were... have a good group of guys that i play with on occasion but i also have really terrible internet at home so yeah. I can only stay in party chats or some games so long, or some days it works perfectly fine, other days I can't stay connected for five minutes. I think I might purchase a next-gen console. 
I'm not sure if it'll... I, I think it'll probably end up being the next Xbox for Halo 5. You mean Halo Infinite, you mean? Is that... Sure. Halo 5 came out with Xbox One. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. I have my <laughs> Xbox One. Uh, I have Halo 5. So, yes, the next Halo will probably be the reason for me to pick up a next-gen console. Had you heard the wow. recent news surrounding it, though? No. Their creative director at 343... Is it Industries or just Studios? Did he quit? He did quit. Okay, I did hear that. And there was kind of a little panic at first, but the studio had come out and said, like, hey, it's okay, he, he just left on his own terms, there's nothing bad going on, but, you know, it's still just something to keep in mind. Huh. Interesting. <coughs> uh, I'm also considering, like, next-gen console based upon VR. After my one experience with VR, I'm like, this is awesome. Well, does X- Xbox doesn't really have VR right they now. They don't. Microsoft work, has been working on VR for years, but not to a public commercial level. I was thinking, like, at some point saving up and trying to get the Oculus Quest because it doesn't have a PC. Like, it's, it's all in one VR. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some downsides to that. Like, you won't be able to play it as powerful or... Uh, I think of it almost like the Switch of VR. Like, the Switch compared to other consoles, like... It's still great, but you know it's lower quality in reality as far as, like, say, graphical capabilities or, like, yeah, storage. I'm not going to spend $3,000 on creating a PC to run VR games. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, say, like, compare that to to consoles, like, or, like, say, the next gen, like, that's out the door going to be, like, four or $500 just to drop right then. Whereas a Switch, you're dropping what, like... 250 maybe 300 and then how you're saying that walmart now sells the games for 10 bucks cheaper and there's always constant sales on the switch uh e-shop for games that are under like 10 bucks like there's there's still like the value to kind of weigh that all out you know there's still personal value like say you enjoy those games a lot more right so it just makes more sense um if super hot is on the oculus quest I'm I'm sold. You you're gonna be like freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger by I'm the time you get done. I'm ninjing around my my basement when it's super hot until I run into a cement wall. Uh, hey, we are running to a time where we need to call us to a close. Yeah, we have just been talking and talking today. We hardly got through all our topics. Um, we're going on to pub talk, which is our community feedback. Uh, the first one comes from Gavin Haltum. Uh, he says, I guess the CDPR, CD Project Red, statement happened. In, uh, uh, his question was about how we, uh, our, our take on C- CD Project Red slamming EA and Activision uh, for their loot boxes, essentially. And he just wanted to hear our point of view on loot boxes. And I feel like we've been pretty clear about that. We appreciate the question, though. Uh, and we, he sent us a link to a video, uh, and we, we, we watched that. I uh, kind of agree with the uh, what they what he said in the video. Yeah, shout out to Legacy Killer HD. He makes high quality news and does some pretty great A reporting in the gaming industry. Like he he's up there with Young, yeah, in my opinion. I agree. Um, but basically, like CD Projekt Red has said, like they're not doing loot boxes. They're not going to do that junk. They're not going to do. 
uh, paid right, games as a service, like they're they're going to create good, what what they consider good quality games. Yeah, like they're putting in effort to the craft instead of effort to the business. Right, and if Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is anywhere near as good as Witcher three, um, I like it's in good hands. For sure. Uh, and it's going to be a fantastic game. And when it comes out, it could probably be game of the year. I don't doubt it. Especially as as long as it's been hyped up. As big as it's been getting. And... Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you're breathtaking. No, <laughs> you're breathtaking. <laughs> uh, that, that was a magical E3 moment. Um. Uh... Like the game should be great, but like I I appreciate developers are like, hey, we, we care about the player experience. Um, we don't want that because we want you to experience the game. Mm-hmm. It's about the, the game rather than money, but the money is going to follow the game. Yeah, they're thinking long term, not short term. Right. I mean, like, I always if... I always like to think too is to, you know, if you we keep having these thoughts on. Loot box is bad. Activision EA bad. Bethesda bad. Like, show show your support with your wallet. Like, like the games and companies that are doing right by these morals and these these good ethical practices, give them your money. Like, right. support them and help them keep doing that. Like, show these other companies that, like, we will give you money if you do the right thing. You're right. So that, there's our take on CDPR and their statements. Um, we applaud CDPR for kind of like standing up against like the big wigs. They pretty much are one of the big wigs these days. That like, is also true now. Like they may not have annual releases of games like these quote unquote other big wigs like EA and Activision and so on and so forth. Bethesda. But, yeah. But the games that they do turn out when they turn out They're high are high quality games extremely high quality um his next question was <laughs> what is up with activision blizzard and china gavin we have kind of talked about that a little bit not a little bit we've talked about that a lot in the last couple weeks uh heck everyone's talked about that in the last couple weeks right uh so go look at our past podcast for I that mean, we were just talking about it earlier in the episode with the the uh letter from congress sitting on the desk of bobby kotick at activision right uh i think at this point i I feel like activision blizzard and trying to have has been talked about enough uh i wouldn't say stop talking about it though no i don't know i would say when there's more updates we will be right here to discuss them there just hasn't been an update for what like two days three days yeah I'm sure there's bound to be... With BlizzCon right around the corner, I'm sure we will see plenty more of this thing. Uh, hopefully they... Like, other publishers learn from this, or, like, other sponsors of, of esports games, like, learn from this. Like, hey, stick to your values. Like, it's not so much... Like, I think... If, like, freedom of speech it wasn't something that they had... like they had stated as a value of their company, it wouldn't be so bad. I mean, it'd still be like bad, like, hey, he, like, you know, Blizzard like broke his agreement that he signed. Still uh, just being an American company, though. That's the big thing. It is. It's like, especially right now with, like, what's going on in the world. Like, they're just showing their true colors of who they are as people. It's about the money, not the, not people. And just, I, I think gamers, and I think more than gamers, just fed up with it. 
Um, stop trying to worry about the bottom line. Like the bottom line will take care of itself. Stop worrying about the short term and focus on the long term. Right. Hey, our next question uh, for Pub Talk comes from Chris Archie. What's a game you thought you liked but actually hated and vice versa? Cole, what about you? See, I talked a little bit about it in this episode, like the games particularly. And uh, I got a couple that fit one of the criteria. So two games that I thought I would really love or at least really wanted to love would be Black Ops 4 and to the shock of most people, Breath of the Wild. Like, me being a Zombies fanboy, like Treyarch Zombies, always loved it, put in ridiculous amounts of hours over the years in Zombies. And with Black Ops 4 coming around, it's supposed to be like this big pinnacle of everything, like huge story points being hit, and we were so excited. But the story took a massive nosedive when, when the game released, it was just like technically and coding wise whatever you want to call it just broken it was a bad game to play like statistically and a lot of the zombie maps were just remasters or reskins with like one or two new areas added on to them and the game was just innovated for innovation's sake like they were fixing problems that didn't need to be fixed like they were creating problems essentially hmm. and it just it wasn't a good taste and breath of the wild like Winner of it was 2017 game of the year, right? Or was it 2018? 2017. No, 2017, yeah, because God of War was 2018. Uh, you know, it's definitely a game a lot of people really like, but I, I enjoyed it to an extent, but it just it wasn't for me. Like, not that it was a, it was, it was just an opinion thing. Like I I wasn't connecting with it as much as I thought I would. But to be on the vice versa point, a game that I didn't think I was gonna hate, but I was. I was skeptical and reluctant about it at first was funny enough Octopath Traveler like I got it just because I was thinking I really wanted a good JRPG but I wasn't sure about this one I hadn't seen a whole lot about it but now that I've played I, I ended up checking I end up it says I've put in 170 hours or more and I can very easily say it is one of my favorite video games of all time what about you, Brandon? How how do you rank some of the games on this list? So this year, I've kind of tried to go out of my way. Uh, there's been a lot of re-releases of last of like older games on Switch, and I'm like, you know what? Let me pick those up and try that. Uh, one of the games I thought I was really going to love uh, was Dragon's Dogma, uh, <laughs> and I was just bored in the first three hours. Like, I don't want to finish this. Uh, and I haven't. <laughs> uh, but also like the same was like true of like Wolfenstein Youngblood. Like I thought I was gonna love it. Uh, played like five hours and it's like this is not what I was expecting. It's not what I feel like they sold me on as an experience. Um, so I thought that was good or not good. It, th- those were games that kind of just let me down, disappoint me this year. I say this year because, like, the last two years have, have really been, like, my uh, dive into uh, gaming. Like, it's really, like, I picked up from, like, not gaming for such a long time, and now I'm, I'm back. Um, or I'm more into it now because I've got a lot more free time. Uh, yeah. 
So a game that I hate and turned out to love. Man, that's that is uh or no a game that I I, I yeah, I thought I'd hate and turned out to love. Uh that's a little hard for me, man, because like I perp- like I tend to buy games that I think that I'm going to love. I mean that that sounds like a logical conclusion. I'm trying to think um what games I bought though that I was like, I'm not really sure about this. Uh didn't you oh, say man. Link's Awakening was like that for you? It was, yeah. It was like I've never really played a, a 2D uh, Link's Awakening, and I, I guess like it's like two and a half D, three D ish, because it, it's top down and then like side view at a time, like at times. I would still call that 3D top view, like be like a two and a half D. I mean, top view doesn't necessarily take away like half a D. We're getting close to not family friendly here, but. You get the point. Like, uh, it's still all built in a 3D engine with 3D models. It's just the camera is not always like at the side. Like, it's it's top view. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. everything's built and rendered to be 3D at all times. Um. So like, I played it. You know, Breath of the Wild's game. I forced myself to sit down and, and finish because it wasn't a game like I really was super excited for. And I've never finished a Zelda game before. Uh, I've got Twi- uh, Twilight Princess over here on the shelf for a Wii that like, I really want to finish. Like, I really want to finish that one. I just haven't had time because I picked it up uh, over the summer at a store for like dirt cheap. and just haven't had time to play it on the Wii. That was a game I would love to play, actually. Like I had always seen my neighbors and friends playing it when I was younger, but I just didn't get huge into Zelda games back then. But now that I appreciate some of these games more, I've... I'd love to give them a try. Like, I really wish I could have finished Ocarina of Time when I was younger. Like, I got to borrow it from a friend one time in high school, but literally as soon as I got to the Forest Temple, she wanted it back. So I I never got to go fully through it. Um, yeah, I feel that because like I really want to go back and play like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. I never I never touched Majora's Mask not because I didn't want to, but those were the six, like six, uh, in sixty four days. Yeah, roughly around those days, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Majora's Mask was an Ocarina of Time followed suit. No, it was the other way around. Ocarina of Time was first. First, and then Majora's Mask? Okay. Yeah. Because um, I know they're built in the same engine. So, yeah, in, in 64 days. Um, but like, so, like, Link's Awakening, I, it's not that I thought I, I'd hate it. I just didn't think I was going to love it. I turned out to love it. Uh, but as I'm reviewing games, like, I haven't purchased this one yet. Uh, but... Dragon Quest, the OG Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Uh, I I would love to to get the original dra- uh, Dragon Quest on my Switch because it's only like five dollars on the shop, but I haven't heard good reviews of this port. Um, and I have the uh original on my Game Boy. Like I have the Game Boy cartridge and it's in my my, my backpack, uh, to play. Downside is there's no backlight. On my you know, Game Boy. So you know I can't sh- play at night. You know what you should do? Get my SpongeBob light attachment for my Game Boy? That's that's one option. <laughs> but uh, I've been seeing, I think on Amazon and just like online in general, that there are these phone cases that are, literally can play Game Boy games through your phone. Like, like you can put the cartridge in the case and it's almost like an emulator that plays the game on your phone. Interesting. I have to, I have to look more that. into it. I think yeah. it was I think it was like a I might have seen just an iPhone one, but that I really hope there's Android ones for us. 
Uh, I, I do too. I think that would be fantastic. Um, but so, uh, Dragon Quest 11s Definitive Age Special Edition. That, Is that the, sure, we'll, we'll go with that. That the full title. Uh, I played the demo. Was really loved. I think I played about four hours of the demo. Really loved the demo. Uh, I just have other games I'm working on right now, but I think if it goes on sale for Black Friday, I'm I'm picking it up. Because it is a game that I, I really want. Uh, I pulled up a thing called the Analog Pocket that's coming out next year. Uh, it's a basically a remake of the Game Boy. Uh, and it plays all of your Game Boy games. And you can get adapters uh, to play other things. Uh, game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, Atari. Um, but the thing about this is there's a dock for it. You can dock it and put it up onto your TV. And all, all you need is an 8-bit controller to connect to it. And you can play your Game Boy games on your TV. That's amazing. It really, that is genuinely amazing. It's $200. Uh, There's a part of me that really wants it for the sole purpose that is basically a retro Switch. Yeah. But that's almost the same price as a Switch. It is. And I've seen rumors like for Black Friday that Switch would be $200 this year. I'm not sure. I, I don't fully believe that rumor based upon like you know the history of nintendo and black friday not having deals uh but it's really cool like and it has a built-in backlight which is also really cool like uh like me like i would love to dive more into game boy games and retro gaming there there's some classics i'd love to revisit uh 199 for 2020 uh i I don't have that right now, so I guess it'll have to be a wait and see. Indeed, and it's something I'm definitely going to keep my eye on. But uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Uh, yes, you're, you're telling me it's time, Brandon. <laughs> it's time to call it close. Time to call this is the call. F- This is the first episode we've ever gone over an hour. It is, but it's been so natural. It is. like this. I, I really like we seem to get more into the groove of this thing as we keep going. Uh, so yeah, uh, Dragon Quest is a game that I really didn't think I was going to like. I know I I, I bought the original three uh, when I was a kid when they came to the West. Never played them. I think I played like a little bit and then just got tired of them. Put them like I didn't understand the game, and now it's like, hey, it's a JRPG, it's turn-based st- uh, strategy game. I get that now. Mm-hmm. Like as someone that's or like I get that I mean, so the genre I really want to uh, dive into and, and experience more of so I think that's like game I thought I was going to hate but turned out to really love alright cool that was the last question for pub talk from our community hey if you want to ask a, a question you have a comment that you want to make head over to anchor.fm look up the gamers pub uh, leave us a voice message and we'll play your your message and we'll answer it uh or find us on social media for me it's pretty much just facebook uh we have talked about creating a facebook page i feel like we need to officially do that we need to officially do that uh maybe a couple more episodes and maybe when we start having a camera yeah we we need to to do a live stream for this we need a better system than my camping table i mean Uh, 
when when you don't have sponsors and <laughs> we're doing this on our free budget, you know. So true. We're making it work though. We are making it work because we enjoy doing this and we enjoy talking about games. Like that's how this all started. Mm-hmm. Was we enjoy just coming together and we enjoy the people we get to have talks about games with. Uh, every, every time I go into Walmart to pick up a new release, there's the same guy, and I'll end up like asking him to go get the game for me, and we'll just sit there and talk about games. Um, like it's it's just fun to meet people that share something you enjoy doing. It is a treasure, honestly. Like it's it's a community that comes out to f- celebrate these things. Right. Um, and we've got talks about trying to interview a, a game developer here in Atlanta. Uh, so we've got things to look forward to, pubbers. Pub, got things in the pipeline coming to the pub sometime soon. Right. Uh, anything else, Cole? For now, I think that about does it. Just know that we're we're definitely gonna be here. We got some interesting plans in the work, and the best is yet to come. All right. Well, y'all, you don't have to have to stay here, but you do have to go home. Dude, you had that completely backwards. <laughs> it's closing time. <laughs> you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. Bye. Bye.